Could I invite you please to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, we want to read a few verses. We want to read from verse 19 down to 26. That's Acts chapter 11, verses 19 down to 26. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose about Stephen travelled as far as Venus and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which, when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of those things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart that they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a a good man, thus Barnabas. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, And it came to pass, as a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. Here's the wee bit that I want you to just think about. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Amen. We know that the Lord will add his blessing to that reading from his own precious truth. Just let's bow, friends, just for a brief a brief word in prayer. Father, we just still ourselves afresh before thee just now. Do pray that thou will prepare all of our hearts, speaker as well as hearer, to hear what God the Lord would say to us just now. We thank thee for thy precious word. It has been written aforetime for our learning. And so, Lord, we do pray that thou wilt draw strangely near to each one of us and speak to us through thy word. May it really bless our souls. May it challenge us. May it send us on our way later on rejoicing. We ask it in the Saviour's precious and worthy name. That we phrase there at the end of verse 26. It says that the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. I want this evening for a short while to speak of what I'm calling the definition of a Christian. The definition of a Christian. And right at the start, Perhaps it would be good for us to establish actually what that word Christian really means. What does the word Christian 
really mean? Well, the definition of the word Christian is, and I quote, Christ-like or like Christ. And what a challenge that is when you think about that. What a challenge that is to all of our hearts. I've been asking myself no later ago than today, am I Christ-like? Am I like Christ in my manner of living? However, however, let's move on and we want to look at the definition of a Christian. I want to suggest, first of all, and this goes without saying, of course, that a Christian is someone who has been liberated by Christ. That goes without saying, doesn't it? A Christian is someone who's been liberated by Christ. It means that one has been liberated by Christ from sin, self, and Satan through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ at the place called Calvary. It means that one has been brought back into a right relationship again with the God of heaven. It means, very importantly, that one's life plus eternity has been turned around. Basically, it means that one has become more, more like Christ or Christ-like in their manner of living. After all, that's what verses like 2 Corinthians 5.17 states. It says there, 2 Corinthians 5.17, well-known verse, Behold, if any man be in Christ, He is a new creature or a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, with that verse, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 in mind that we've just read, what about you and I, beloved, who profess to be Christians today? Let's examine our hearts. What would our manner of living mark us out as to those in the world today? Do they see us? Do they see you? Do they see me as one that has been liberated by Christ? Out of sin into Christ. It's thought-provoking, isn't it? It's thought-provoking. So a Christian is someone then who has been liberated by Christ. Secondly, a Christian is someone who is living for Christ. He or she is someone who is living for Christ. You see, verse 26 in our reading says, And when he, thus Barnabas, had found him, that's, Saul, it's actually Paul, the apostle, had found him. He brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. See, a Christian is someone who is living for Christ. Why do you think these disciples were called Christians, beloved? 
Why were they called Christians first in Antioch? Let's ask, ask ourselves that question. I believe, whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong, I believe that after Stephen had been martyred at Jerusalem, we read of his encounter there at verse 19, I believe that many of the believers there had fled for their lives. They had come to Antioch to settle down and to live there. Now because these believers were strangers, as it were, in Antioch, they just moved into Antioch. Because they were strangers there, then the locals were watching their every move. These locals in Antioch were watching these strangers who had just moved in. You see, the testimony and witness of these strangers were beginning to have an impact on the locals there in Antioch. In other words, in other words, in other words, the lives of these believers were showing that they were different and how that way they were living for Christ. This stood out in the lives of these believers who had moved to Antioch. They were living for Christ and they were standing out. Now with those thoughts in mind, dear brethren and sisters, this evening, what about you and I today? What would those you and I live beside be saying about us I wonder, would it be good or would it be not so good? You see, dear friends, the way these believers were living meant that they were, they were standing out in the crowd. They had brought themselves under notice, as it were, but for the right reason. And that's why God, and that is the way God still means it to be today. In Titus chapter 2, in verses 13 and 14, it says there, Paul says, looking for that blessed hope, or let me paraphrase that, looking for that earnest expectation and the glorious appearing of the great God our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to, to purify unto himself a peculiar people, people that stand out, people stand out, a peculiar people zealous of good works. Then 1 Peter chapter 2, and in verse 9, it also says there, But ye are a chosen generation. And notice the word are. Ye are, add that underlined, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Dear friends, as far as these believers who had settled in Antioch were concerned. Listen, they were living out such verses just quoted. They were living out those verses, as it were, to the letter. To the letter. 
Oh, I wonder. I wonder if you or I were to move, say, to a strange area to live. Would you or I have the same impact? Would we have the same impact on the locals as the folk here at Antioch? Or would we just be known only as being perhaps a good people? Maybe a nice people? Maybe a respectable people? Maybe a church-going people? Is that how you and I would be known as? You know, friends, good and important as all those things just mentioned may be, surely they are not a true essence, sure they're not, of what it means to be a Christian. Nor can they be truly seen as one who is living for Christ. First John 5, verses 11 and 12 assures us what the definition of a Christian really is when it says and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in his son he that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son of God hath not life in other words beloved in other words our saviour's life is meant to be seen being lived out in your life and my life, day by day. And what a challenge that is. There's a wee hymn in it. I'm only going to quote a couple of lines. I'm not going to attempt to sing it. You sit there at ease. But a couple of lines says, Christ justly claims us for his own. He bought us with a price. The Christian lives to Christ alone. To Christ alone he dies. Oh, friends, this evening, Paul says in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. May you and I, beloved, be so living lives today that others do indeed will take knowledge that we belong to Christ, that we may be also able to say that we are indeed Christians, just like those in Antioch. The definition of a Christian. A Christian is someone who has been liberated by Christ. That's number one. Number two, a Christian is someone who is living for Christ. Thirdly, I want to suggest, a Christian is someone, beloved, who is loyal to Christ. Loyal to Christ. You see, when Barnabas came from Jerusalem to Antioch, Barnabas came to see how these new believers were doing. This we read there in Acts chapter 11 and verse 23, we read it. It says, when Barnabas came and seen the grace of God, it says he was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart 
they would cleave unto the Lord. Barnabas could see that these new believers, how that they were living for Christ, but that they were loyal also to Christ. If you and I are to be ongoing and victorious in our Christian living, and we are, then we not only have to be living for Christ, yes, but we also have to be loyal to Christ. Loyal to Christ. You see, Joshua 24, 15 tells us about the loyalty of Joshua. It says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Then it says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Matthew six twenty four. No man <coughs> sorry, no man <coughs> can serve two masters or be loyal to two masters. For either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Beloved, the believers in the early church that we read about in Acts chapter 2 were marked by loyalty. Loyalty to Jesus Christ. But sad to have to say, friends, and I'm sure you would agree, sadly we don't have much of the same loyalty in the church today. We don't have the same in the church today. You see, Christians in the days of the early church in Acts 2, they were often under the threat of martyrdom. They were often under the threat of martyrdom for their faith. Yet that did not deter them from being loyal to their Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Scripture informs us that there were those who died in those days, not only because they were seen as being Christians living for Christ, but also were seen as Christians being loyal, being loyal to Christ. I'm sure you would agree with me, friends, that loyalty generally, loyalty generally, is a scarce commodity today. By that I mean, many husbands are no longer loyal to their wives and vice versa. Many employees are no longer loyal to their employers. Many children are no longer loyal to their parents. And isn't it true, friends, isn't it true that many believers are no longer loyal, loyal to their Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Pardon me. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, we read what the Lord said to the church at Smyrna. And I believe he's still saying it to many believers and to his church today. Listen to what he said. Be thy faithful unto death, 
Be thy faithful unto death. I will give thee the crown of life. And it's that little word at the start of that is very important. The word be, be ye. Be thou faithful. That's a command. That's a command. It was a command to the church of Smyrna. It's a command to you and I as believers today. Be thy faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. The definition of a Christian. A Christian is someone, yes, who's been liberated by Christ, who's living for Christ, who is, learned, who is loyal to Christ. Number four, I want to suggest that a Christian is also is someone who is learning about Christ. Learning about Christ. You see, Barnabas here in Acts chapter 11, it seems to me that Barnabas has sensed that something big was going to happen here at Antioch. So in order to cope, what does he do? We read how that he goes off to Tarsus to find Saul, who later became Paul. He went to, to, to uh, find Paul to come and help him. Help him. Acts chapter eleven twenty six again says, And when he had found Saul, or Paul, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that for a whole year they assembled themselves together with the church and taught the people. Then we read these lovely, lovely words. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Let me ask these two very important pointed questions, friends, this evening. Tell me, are you one who's seeking to be learning about Christ? Am I a believer who's always seeking to be learning about Christ? Friend, are you one who's hungry for God's word? Am I seeking to learn more and more of him and from him? You see, for someone to claim to be a Christian but doesn't really have a a strong desire, as it were, to learn about Christ or to feast upon his word, then, friends, there's something, there's something drastically wrong. You see, the bottom line in the whole thing, suppose, is like this. Just as a healthy physical appetite is a sign of a healthy physical life, and it is, then surely a healthy spiritual appetite is a sign of a healthy spiritual life as well. Have you got a hunger for the book? Have I got a hunger for the book? The hymn says, More about Jesus let me learn, More of his holy will discern, 
Spirit of God, my teacher be, showing the things of Christ to me. Verse 2 says, More about Jesus in his word, holding communion with my Lord, hearing his voice in every line, making each faithful servant saying mine. 11, Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus invites us as believers to be learning about him with these words. Friends, he would say these words to us afresh tonight. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest for your souls. Definition of a Christian. Liberated by Christ. Living for Christ. Loyal to Christ. Learning about Christ. Lastly, lastly, a Christian is someone who is looking for Christ. Are you looking for him tonight? Well, maybe not have to look too much. We may not have to look much longer for him to appear. A Christian is someone who has this desire in their heart for the Lord's return. For the Lord's return. A Christian is someone who is looking for Christ. Surely, friends, surely every Christian, every believer should be living in the atmosphere and expectancy of the imminent return of our blessed Saviour. Surely, surely. I'm sure you have heard the, the story about the pastor who used to visit one of his congregation, a very elderly gent, a lovely soul, loved the Lord and just lived for the Lord's return. And every time he visited this elderly gentleman, he used to say to the pastor, you know, every night when I'm going to bed, I go to the window and go to pull the, the, the blind down for the night and look into the black sky. And I say, maybe tonight, Lord. Maybe tonight. He meant, maybe tonight, Lord, you'll come. Maybe you'll come. And then you know, Pastor, when I get up in the morning, I, I go to the blind again and I put it up. I look at the clear blue sky and I say, maybe today, Lord. Maybe today. Friend, he could come tonight. Are you living with that expectancy? I hope you are. I hope you are. I trust, dear believer, present in our meeting tonight, that the eminent return of our Savior is ever present in your mind. Martin Luther said, and I quote, I live as though Jesus Christ died yesterday, rose again today, and is coming back tomorrow. Tyndale's motive was live for Christ's second coming every hour of every day. Is that how you're living? Is that how I'm living? John Wesley, 
that great Methodist of a bygone era. It said of him how that he included the theme of Christ's second coming in approximately 5,000 of his 7,000 hymns which he wrote. The theme of Christ's second coming in approximately 5,000 of his 7,000 hymns in total that he had written. Bishop, Bishop Ridley. Oh, if only we had bishops like Bishop Ridley today. Listen to what is said about him. He who was burned at the stake for his witness for Jesus Christ. Listen, friends. It's said concerning him that Bishop Ridley cried with these words as he died. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Dear friends, as I close, those names just mentioned and scores and scores of others not mentioned. Listen, friends, listen. They prioritized their lives in order to maximize their living. And may you and I, as believers today, be doing likewise in our day and generation. The definition of a Christian. Take these thoughts home with you and I trust that they've been a blessing and a challenge to your heart as they were to me as I prepared it. A Christian is someone who has been liberated by Christ. That goes without saying. A Christian is someone who is living for Christ. A Christian is someone who is loyal to Christ. A Christian is someone who is learning about Christ. And a Christian is someone who is looking for Christ. And may the Lord bless those thoughts to our hearts.